everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited that you joined us for yet another episode of Smidori's. And as I'm sure, I'm hoping you guys are aware, we had Megan on last week, an amazing uh, school psychologist that we both know. And we had so much fun with that conversation and just learning from her and talking to her that we actually brought on our second school psychologist. And we are so happy to have Ross here today. Roz. Hey, hey girlfriend. We were just saying we haven't seen you in forever. I know. How, how are, are you? you? And how is your daughter? I am good and she's good doing cheer life now. You mean your clone? She literally is like <laughs> a twin. <laughs> like I love it so freaking much. Oh, thanks. I love it. Y'all. Bailey, you've been on the golf course all weekend. I know. I was you mean telling, all summer. All yeah. summer. I'm telling Hyann, I'm like, I'm entitling this hot girl golf girl summer. And the goal <laughs> is I'm going to find myself a rich husband. Yes. I, I think the rich it. part out. Bailey, you mean just a nice guy. Wink, wink. <laughs> a nice guy. That hopefully has a job. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I mean, it's just, it's fine. I got this like promotion at work. I, oh, and I was wow. like, I need boundaries. Yeah. But you know me, I was like, I need boundaries. So I need something that's going to get me out of the office and outside. Yes. So you took her position when she left? Yeah. Well, so I actually, it wasn't official until May because they added a bunch of stuff. You know how they do it. She was over related services and early childhood evals. And now I'm over related services, early childhood evals and instructional delivery, which is like our professional development team. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's been fun though. I'm liking it. It's just been busy. I was telling Hyann I was a little pissed off today, but other than that, things are great. <laughs> well, that's good. I know. It love is. It. I know. Well, we're so excited that you jo are joining us. Yes. I'm excited to be a part of it. We have some good questions for you, Ross. So get ready to, to answer okay. <laughs> you cannot plead the fifth on any question that comes your way okay <laughs> wait are you going first or am i going first um i think i'm gonna go first okay okay um so no i think no, it's i'm gonna you. go first yeah. okay roz all right we are so happy to have you today roz so tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from what you do just a brief little overview for the listeners okay so i am rosalyn Mickey. I am an LSSP, a licensed specialist in school psychology, now school psychologist. Yay. Finally, it's gotten approved. Um, so I am from East Texas, a small country girl um, in living in this city world of Houston. And so I got into this field really starting with adults. I was working for the local mental health authority um, in Harris County, and I was a rehab clinician. So my first real job, I went to patients' homes that had chronic mental illnesses uh, by myself <laughs> and provided them with psychotherapy and um, psychoeducational type treatment. And so there is where I was like, okay, um, you know, it's kind of difficult and challenging to change a lot of their beliefs and behaviors at that point. And so I was in school uh, for clinical psychology. And as I was finishing that program up, I took my assessment course and met Dr. Gail Sheremy and was like, oh, this is amazing. I should do this now. Um, also, as I'm pregnant. So no. I, yeah. What? 
I will I say for people who don't know Gail Jeremy, she's one of the like outstanding LSSPs, I'm sorry, school psychs um, in Texas. And I feel like she makes everyone end up being like, I'm going to go do that. Yes, yeah, she does. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, she was like, you're so close to finishing the clinical psych program. You should go ahead and finish. And then start the school psych program. So that was what I did, delivered my baby the spring of my graduating semester from the clinical psych program and then came straight to the school psych program. And from there ended up doing my intern practice practicum and internship in the greater Houston area um, at one of the smaller districts. And I worked there as a LSSP and got a lot of really great training, lots of great experience. And from there, I've just been in the world of a school psych and worked in several districts um, across the greater Houston area and even Southeast Texas area. I love that. What about your family though? You didn't talk about your cute little daughter. Oh yes, I have a 12 year old little girl. She's going into seventh grade. Oh, she made that. the school cheer team. So yeah, she will be, this. I'll be a cheer mom. We'll see how oh. that goes. I feel like you'd be, an awesome cheer mom. I actually think this makes sense because you're like yes. so girly and fun and she's so like girly and sassy. I can see it working out perfectly. Yes, we'll see. They had cheer camp oh, this past week. So how was it? they did, did really good. It? Yeah, I was really impressed with how much they learned in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Okay, so, so you, you made a co co comment, Roz. So we had an LSSP on last week and she kind of talked, she has a daughter on the, um, that has learning differences. And so she was kind of talking about that. And then also like her role as an LSSP. Is there like, like, I guess not like everybody's on the same page with it being called a school psychologist or like, are people like against it or, oh, they are? Yes. So okay, that's been wow. an ongoing thing. So okay. our um, governing board in Texas, it's went up for voting, like for us to just be school psychs. Um, to be able to call ourselves school psychologists for many years and people that have gone through doctoral programs and have went through like accreditation and those sorts of postdoc programs they've always been school psychologists so mm -hmm. that's where the I guess the I don't want to say I don't want to pit us against each other because we're doing the same thing but I right, get it's it disagreement like, yeah, yeah yes yes so like the school psych programs are I know the one that I went through with you University of Houston Clear Lake it's a specialist degree so it's like 70 something hours so it's more than a master's but less than a doctorate but not too many hours less mm -hmm. than a doctorate oh, yeah. Um, but we still have to have the same requirements fulfilled through our national um, certification. So I actually have always had my national cert too, so that okay. I could, if I went to another state, I would be considered a school psychologist. Yeah, all oh. 49 states have always had school psychologists. Texas Except is the only state, yes, that always. has an LSSP. We love that. Name. Yeah. It's just always something. Texas is its own, literally. Own nation. It really, <laughs> it really is. is. <laughs> I remember when I first moved here and I was like, they have their own like Pledge of Allegiance. Like, what the hell? I was Other so states don't have that? Absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> when I when they asked me to stand up and do like a Pledge of Allegiance, whatever. <laughs> Honor I the like, Texas flag. Mm -hmm. which I don't, it's like, okay, but what is this? We've only done it to the American flag. Do you know what's so funny, actually, though, is Ross was like, oh, they don't have that. I'm like, I'm actually kind of surprised, too. I grew up in Texas, so I had no idea that other states yep. just didn't do 
America and then their little state flag, their state flag. Unless yeah. I went to a different school, but I went to public school. And we never did that. I remember like, yeah, yeah, no. I just remember oh being really God. shocked when I came here. But I, I mean, of course I've liked it. That's why we stayed, but yeah. Okay, Bailey. So Mike, I have, we have a question for you and we want you to be very honest when you answer. Yes. Um, this is like, don't the, worry these, about are the, these are the two most serious questions you're going to answer today. And you probably okay. know, cause you've already listened to it, but what was your like very, very, very first impression of Bailey? Oh, I was like, she's amazing. She's very organized, knowledgeable. She's on top of things. Um, I didn't know you personally at the time, just professionally. So I was like, oh yeah, she's on top of it. She does not play around with her deaf, hard of hearing babies. Do not mm -hmm. play with them. And <laughs> your training. Awesome. Yeah, like you were on point. I was very impressed. And then I started talking to you. I was like, oh, she's really fun too. And she's Aww. funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I will say I do this with everybody. My first impression of you, Roz, was you have the best fashion sense because we were still in our previous district at the time. We were both working in person. And I remember I was like, where does she get her outfits? Where does she put this together? She's freaking stunning. Like, cause I didn't know you outside of just what I like first saw. And I was like, what the heck? And then, yeah, you're an amazing school site. Killing it. Thank you. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, you know the next question now, obviously. <laughs> what was your first impression of high end? I was like, she does not play. You definitely are. But I like that. You're very rule driven and you follow the law. You know the law very well. So that was what I first noticed about you. You're like, that's not the law. What does the law say? And I'm like, yes, I love it. And so I think that's also where we kind of clicked the three of us and another um, work friend of ours is that we had experience outside of the district that we were working in. So we had seen how things should go, <laughs> mm -hmm. should and or could go. Mm -hmm. And we came there and we're kind of like, what the heck is going on over here? And I think we're all like young and fiery. So we come in like, no, that's not how you do it. No, that's not the law. And then everyone's looking at us crazy. I remember at one of my campuses, I told Hyann, like an early childhood campus, I did um, an eval for a little girl for autism. And then like, we're at the art meeting. We didn't have a staffing to prep for this, but we had an art and I'm like, okay, so what language um, will speech services be given in? The child was bilingual. Can't, well, she wasn't bilingual. She was monolingual Spanish speaking only. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> what language why do I already you? know where this is going yeah and they're like what do you mean like the whole everyone the principal they're like and then their next question where are you from <laughs> literally was what they asked Ross. sad <laughs> yeah so I think that's where we really connected that we kind of were like in the twilight zone like what the heck is going on over here yeah yeah you know it's so Crazy. funny Roz when I first my first impression of you I was actually like really intimidated and kind of scared of you yes. you would have never known right no. but I think it's because like you came in and again like you you did know because you you were coming from a very it's so funny because now I'm thinking about it I'm like is it a prestigious school district are we talking about it like as colleges I mean <laughs> league like I don't know but like you came from a very I don't know, a school district that I just knew had it together. And I'm not saying that like what we, like they did do things well and obviously didn't do other things well. So I'm not trying to like bash or anything, but you came from a district where I knew that there was like just no playing around. Like people stayed and I think 
that kind of speaks for itself. People don't leave because it's going so well and they get the support and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So whenever you came, I was like, oh my God, she knows, she knows everything. Like, and I just remember you being like, I had to take a pay cut to come. You remember that? And I was like, oh, sure she did. took a pay cut. She's like, she's not playing around. She's coming to like do some stuff. And exactly. so I remember you take, yeah, that. But then again, it, and I remember like being in meetings and you would come in and you're not like, you're also like very, um, like you're strictly kind of business, I feel like. And I think that's a good thing because you come and you're not there to make friends. And I feel like I can say the same, but like when friendships come out of it, it's like, oh great. Like I'm so yes. glad we could be friends, but you're very like stoic. Like when you're in meetings, you're just like, tell me what I need to do. And I'm out kind of thing. And so I was actually really, yeah, intimidated of you. And then I would hear you like having conversations with other people, I guess that you had probably formed friendships with first. And I was like, oh my God, she's actually kind of like chill and like fun and like we can be friends. And so, yeah. And then obviously we became friends, but yeah, I actually no, was kind of intimidated. That's so funny. I did not realize how chill, cause I will agree with you. Like, obviously you had great fashion sense, but you also were very business. And it was really funny because I did not realize how chill you were until actually I started following you on Instagram. And then I was like, oh, Ross and I are going to be friend friends. Like, this is yes. good. Yes, I'm very chill. But like at work, like you said, hey, we're here. We have to earn our paycheck. We're here for children. Mm -hmm. I feel like we went into this field in our various roles to help kids mm -hmm. and their families. And so when you get in these roles, like they need people that are going to speak up and fight on behalf yeah. of the children. So yeah. when I'm at work, yes, that's my role. It gets me in lots of trouble. <laughs> but that is, yeah, like I'm all business. We're going to do right by these kids. Every child that I work with, they I call them all my babies. Like, you're not going to do my babies wrong. Yeah. We're their voice. We're their yeah. advocate on the professional no, totally. side of things. Yeah. And that's what I think I could, like, I think I respect it so much outside of, because I feel like there's a lot of people like that, but you can't like be friends outside. And it's not a bad thing. Like you're not meant to be friends with everybody, but like whenever we were able to be friends, it was, it was nice. Um, yes. But yeah, that was my first impression of you. I was like, Ooh, what am I going to tell her? And I was really thinking about it. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like I remember whenever she came, like you were introduced and I was like, Oh, she's gonna, she means business. Right? I'm also cracking up because I am also cracking up because every body also says like man high end was intimidating <laughs> and i'm like yeah, yeah. same boat <laughs> i know baby's all like friendly and I'm like what the I'm hell so bubbly and sweet remember bailey we were on that back side of the raggedy part of the building the ceiling oh falling God. down yes dark. it was like we a dungeon like, <laughs> it's happening over here but like slide, the power would go out yes. i got people sleeping in my dang chairs and i'm like okay this Wasn't there snakes there back there too? There were and rats. Not, rats. Yeah, rats, mice, snakes. Ugh. It was wild. Ugh. There was definitely something crawling up in the little tiles. Mm -hmm. What a hazard. Insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was Do funny. they still oh. work in that building? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. Somebody said they were going to do some renovations to the backside, but I don't think it's happening. Renovate. They need to tear it down and rebuild it. <laughs> Condemn it. It's done. The whole thing. <laughs> truly it's okay wild, Bailey but... take it away for the next one okay next question so why did you want to be a school psych I know you kind of answered that before but expand on it a little bit I really did feel like so through my um, degree programs and the practicums and internships that I did so working in the field with adults with mental chronic mental illnesses so bipolar major depression schizophrenic and schizoaffective disorders mm -hmm. and working with them and like okay 
there's only so much you can do. Like, I felt like it was just so far gone at that point that you saw very minimal progress with them. So then um, through my clinical psychology program, I did my internship with uh, juveniles, mm-hmm. um, the county juvenile system. And so there I was like, okay, this is a little bit better. There's still some hope. But even there, it's like, okay, now they're teens, they're running away from home, they're robbing people yeah. at gunpoint. Like, they kind of yeah. have made their choices at that point, too. And like I said, took that assessment course. And honestly, I'll say the first thing was the money because I went from like a county psych job with my aspiration was to be a clinical team leader and their salary was like 40 something thousand dollars. So I was like, yes, I'm going to work my way up to this position. Right. Isn't that sad? Well, it's not sad, but to know the potential that there was room for more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I then, once I took that assessment course and I was like, oh, okay, I like this. This is interesting. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Um, They have a school schedule. They work in the schools. I was pregnant at the time. So like, Mm -hmm. oh, that'll be good. Be on the same schedule with my daughter. And then um, looking at their salaries, like starting at 60 something. And I'm like, okay, yes. This, I can do this. This sounds good. Yeah. So that was, I will be very honest, like initially more of like a lifestyle thing too. And then really when I started doing my practicum and my internship and I was like, I love this. I love being able to work with the children and really figure out the why, like, why are they unable to meet the grade level expectations, whatever mm-hmm. that is, that if yeah. that's behavior or um, their cognition, because I started out as a dual role LSSP. So I know a lot yeah. of LSSPs have only done psychs, psychologicals. And that's the role that they've been in. But mm-hmm. I've always done dual role up until like maybe the last four years. Um, but prior to that, I've always done the psychological evaluation and the psychoed. So I've worked very closely with um, all members of a multidisciplinary evaluation team and yeah. really understanding like how we each play a role in it. So I love being able to come together and see like how each person is looking at the child's functioning and mm-hmm. the breakdown in their functioning. And then us really being able to develop a true individualized education plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to see the success, like that was my biggest thing when I first started doing this. I remember I I held very long odds, I won't lie. And I still will now, especially yeah. for an initial. And I would tell yeah. parents, you're your child's advocate to the day you leave this earth. Even when they're yeah. an adult, you are their advocate. And so you don't need to come in the meeting and be silent And just because there's seven, eight people at the table rattling off these acronyms. And I'm like, tell us to stop. Ask, what does that mean? And you're with your child every day at home. Like you may not be the teacher, but you can tell us like, yes, they can do this. Or no, they can't. You said Mm -hmm. they can show me where the work samples. Let me see it. And so I remember that first year, all my parents were caught off guard because I would be like, okay, now, you know, when we reviewed the plaps. I would then ask the parent, is there anything else you would like to add or share? And they would say no. And I would say, yeah, well, let me tell you, you need to add or share. It's not a question (laughs) because this is your child. And I want you to be able to have input. You're part of this committee and this team. And so to go from the beginning of the year to the end of the year and even the beginning of the following, circling back around for those annuals and to hear parents then say like, wow, we were able to take my son with severe autism to church again. Or we were able to go to a family birthday party. We haven't been since they were two. And I was like, that's what this is about. I don't care if your child knows who the president is or 
yeah function like functioning yeah. members of society because that's hard on the family yeah. like you're trapped in your own house if you feel like you can't even spend time with your extended family you can't go yeah. to church you can't go to dinner or a movie that's hard on yeah. everyone yeah absolutely so you had mentioned sorry i'm gonna get off track really quick so do you have to have like two different degrees to be a clinical psychologist and a school psychologist that do you have that then no no you don't have to so okay, okay. I initially, through the clinical psychology program, was going to sit for my LPC to be a licensed psychological counselor. Got it. And um, like I said, after I graduated and then went straight into the school psych program, I didn't see the need to do it. Got I've it, been toying it. with the idea of going back, got uh, it. well, sitting for the test and getting my hours, my intern yeah. hours to become an LPC. But no, mm -hmm. you don't have to. Most people just go straight from undergrad into a school psych program. Okay. And the only reason why I asked is because you, you, you made a comment and then it made me think you had said like, um, you're working with like adults and the clinical and like, they used to be kids at one point. Right. So yes. it's like, you had mentioned like they didn't make progress. Like it was harder to see progress at that point. And I think mm -hmm. that's why I've all like, as a speech pathologist, I thought I wanted to work with adults. And then I realized like, yeah. that's not where I want to be. I want to work with the kids because that's the foundation of everything. You see a lot of growth. And so it's interesting because then you made a comment about like going into the kid and you you like working with the kids um, in that sense of like watching them make progress and like, mm -hmm. again, making them functional adults in society. Yes. So that's, I took that away, which is really yeah. cool. And full that. circle moment, I actually have tested children of parents that I was their rehab oh. clinician. <laughs> So you can imagine when I I'm at that. a consent meeting, like, well, no wonder Johnny's struggling with yeah. emotional regulation. Like, yeah. <laughs> you were my former patient. It's yeah. you're struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so that's crazy. Um, okay, so my so our next question kind of goes into what's your favorite part about being a school psychologist or just psychologist in general? Like, even if you want to talk about and then what's your least favorite part of the job? My favorite part. I think really is like I over the last maybe four or five years I really love early childhood and I think okay. it's because of that like early intervention is the best mm -hmm. and I feel like I do have a personality that really connects with the families and I'm able to be empathetic and sympathetic to the grieving process of hearing my two and a half year old has autism or an intellectual disability and to really sit with those questions and not be uncomfortable. I know a lot mm -hmm. of school psychs struggle with it. They mm -hmm. kind of tap dance around it or they're like, oh, let's put non-categorical early childhood and then see what happens when they're six. We know, we know mm -hmm. for the most part, if they're severe classic functioning AU, like they're gonna be the same way at six, at 16, at 60. Mm -hmm. So why, I guess, give parents that false sense of hope mm -hmm. that it's not going to be there by the time mm -hmm. they turn six. Will it look different? It absolutely can look very yeah. different, but to make it like it's going to go away or be cured, that's yeah. not necessarily true. Or to yeah. like convince parents that like, oh, if you just get these services, then it'll go away. You yeah. know, just get speech. Yeah. Just yeah. put them in for speech. Once Maybe they get OG. language, yep. Yeah. Once they get language, they'll be just fine. Like, yes, they yeah. can talk, but they're not having functional communication but yeah. anyway so I think that's my favorite part really now in the last couple of years is working with 
um, early childhood and just assessment period. I do like doing the assessment piece of it and figuring out the why and then helping the teachers too, because that's challenging for them. Like mm -hmm. if we don't do a thorough job of explaining the evaluation and the implications of the disability, then they still feel lost, defeated, like, okay, mm -hmm. so they, they have a learning disability. Okay, mm -hmm. what? So really breaking down, like, these are the areas they have strengths in. Play on these strengths. This is where they're going to struggle. Short-term memory. You can do this a hundred times and they're probably going to forget yeah. like every 11 times. I don't know. But mm -hmm. really helping validate them too. Like your frustration is their deficit. Like you can't mm -hmm. get upset or mad. Like you can only do what you can do and realizing that they're going to have shortcomings in certain areas. So I think that's my favorite part. My least favorite is probably the politics of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> there is no end in sight for paperwork. I don't Never. care. Digital. I don't care if it's pen and actual paper. It, it's never it's ending. so much. Yeah. yeah. Never ending. Like the evaluations and all of that. The, uh, yeah. It's like pages and pages and pages yes. of stuff. And every SPED management system is different. I think I've worked with, let's see, Exceed, eSPED, SuccessEd, EasyIEP. So like, like five, five different programs. Yeah. They all have different little pieces to them. And none of them yeah. are actually good. Okay. So we're, we're going to shift into Fun some questions. random questions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So who is somebody that you admire most dead or alive? Why? Hmm. I know. Tough questions. Oh my goodness admire most i will say if Hyan asked me this question i'd be all over the place like, I know, like to one person you decide? you're like a real person or a like someone person. i know or is it a famous person is it someone that's literally well you did say dead right. or alive, but you know what i mean like yeah that's a hard question to answer it is i know my answer i know mine too but mine's pretty basic Mine's I'm like, I don't want to be, I was like, I want to say something profound, but I mean, I guess my mom. <laughs> Mine was my mom too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my mom. I mean, I feel like she's my number one cheerleader. She's so supportive of everything that I do. She, um, I, I feel like as a parent, you feel like you have to teach your kids all these things. And I'm like, I don't remember her just giving me like direct teaching of some things, but just her life, she modeled certain things for me, like hard work, uh, family, being dedicated, being a person of your word, yeah. um, having faith, trusting and believing that things are going to work out, being optimistic, and just being an overall genuine, genuinely kind person. Yeah. That is profound. Roz's mom. <laughs> yes. Shout out, Roz. I'm love you if you're listening. And Roz, I'll have to I'll let her listen to it. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my gosh. I love that. Mine was going to be Taylor Swift. So I'm happy y'all said I figured that. <laughs> this biatch, I need to say, has brought up Taylor Swift in every podcast. And I kid you not, I was editing one last, I don't even know when it was, Bailey, but I my word literally <laughs> said was, Bailey, you bring up Taylor Swift in every podcast. I'm just going to have to avoid her name at all. <laughs> she brings her it Everything ties to it somehow. Oh, somehow. Yeah, Look, we're gonna have but to get also, in touch with Miss Taylor and let her know you're her number one fan. I'm saying, I'm just hoping she's gonna listen one day. Like, if this yes. could be recommended, I'm sure she's like, yeah. In my free time, I listen to 
Smidori's Smidori's. Yes. <laughs> you never know. You never know. In all of my free time as a multi-millionaire, it's fine. <laughs> going on tour okay all right back to the normal questions okay so this one's just a little fun one but what has been on your mind recently that you want to share with our listeners it can be anything yeah it doesn't have to be related to sped it can be related to anything i wish that people were more kind oh that's what's been on my mind a lot um to see just the awful things in the news that people are just so hateful for no reason. I'm like, you spend so much more energy hating a group of people mm-hmm. when you could just, if you don't like whatever it is about this group of people, just ignore them. Just like it. you can I've act like they it. don't even exist. Um, so yeah, is there be- something specific? Sorry, I don't watch the news. Fine. I really tried to like stay away from all the negativity from the news, but is there something that's like specific that happened no. besides the normal nonsense? I just feel like I wish people were more kind. Like today, I gave away my daughter's trampoline set because um, it's time for it to go. And so it was an elderly lady that got it for her great-grandchildren. So my initial thing was like, okay, I'm going to post this on the Nextdoor app. And I'm going to tell whoever says they're coming to disassemble and haul it off. Like the gate's unlocked, just go back there and do it. And then I see this little like elderly lady. And I'm like, of course, now I'm outside in the heat. And... (laughs) And she brought someone, of course, to help her, but she's standing up outside and I'm like, oh, let me get you a chair. Let me put the fan on you. And at the end of it all, I was like, I'm so excited for her her great grandchildren. I don't know this lady at all, but I'm so excited for them. And just to see, like, she did all of that for her great grandchildren and just to be kind. Like, I could have easily still been in my house, like in my AC, like, okay, the gate's unlocked, do whatever. But Mm -hmm. it was nice just chatting with her. I probably will never see this lady again, but just being kind. It doesn't hurt you to be kind. Yeah. It never hurts you to be kind. That is absolutely true. Absolutely. It's more, yeah, way more energy to be negative Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that was a good one. I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm going back to a spec question, but what's your favorite like spend story when you think about your how long have you been an Ellis school psychologist by the way um I think this is year 10 oh wow and then I have a year internship and a year practicum before becoming licensed so this is yeah 12 years wow I've been doing this yeah so when you think about over the past 12 like what's your favorite story whether it's like funny embarrassing made you very angry what's like the story that you'll always remember you know what my favorite story is kind of ongoing still so I think year two of me being fully licensed um day one of school room clear for a new student and of course I had a great principal at that time super involved she grew up in the neighborhood so lots of just genuine connections to the community And um, this was a new student, new family to the neighborhood. And we contacted mom. We're like, hey, let's have a conversation. This is not typical behavior, you know, on the first day of school of a child um, in upper elementary to have this major meltdown that required a room clear. And so mom got really upset and was like, this has never happened. And then I want to say like week two of school resulted in a psychiatric hospitalization. And yeah, 
And so we then had the conversation again, like, hey, we need to, we suspect there may be a disability condition present that is impacting your child's ability to function here at school. And mom was absolutely resistant. She got very offended with us even having this conversation with her and still refused to sign consent. And so then um, the child returned back from the psych stay. And then we had this, the behavior still was there present. So we had the conversation again. I finally was able to just really have a, a heart to heart conversation with her as a parent. And we went through, I'm like, this is just step one of this process. At the end of it all, you'll have a very comprehensive evaluation that's going to talk about your child's strengths and weaknesses. I'm going to give recommendations of how we can assist. The next part then is the ARD meeting and determining does he meet the eligibility criteria um, of a disability condition, what that would be, and do you accept, does it warrant special education services? So let's at least get the eval done. So we were able to get that done. Then we got to the end of it all, and I finally saw this extremely aggressive behavior that I initially thought was like, oh, this is emotional disturbance. Um, about midway through, like the district paid for a one-on-one -on -one for this student, and I mean, we were doing multiple classroom removals, room clears, and finally one day, like the, I guess, meltdown lasted like almost up to lunch. And I was like, baby, you have to eat. Like, this is what's for lunch today. What do you eat? And he was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so my principal was like, send someone to the store now <laughs> to buy it. And so they did and they came back and we fixed it for him. And he was like, I don't. Like the way he looked at it gave me the, I don't think he's ED. So I was like, what type of peanut butter do you normally eat? And so then we start getting to, okay, we're kind of particular about brand, wow. texture, mm -hmm. what yeah. type of bread. So then I'm like, let me dive into this a little bit more. And wow. then we started using some different strategies with him with um, the one-on-one -on -one that was assigned and he started responding well to first then and visual oh. supports and timers and <laughs> things we normally use with students on the spectrum yeah. and I was like he's not ED y'all I think he's on it's the spectrum super high functioning yes and so then like we got the behavior to decrease significantly we got through the assessment got to the end of it mom was thrilled to have an answer oh, at yeah. this point both parents were um the funny part to it was we did um have the evaluation results interpreted because i at that point i was able to meet in person with the parents prior to the ARD meeting to review results and so we sat down and um mom and her now husband they're bilingual dad's monolingual english speaking so we had it translated and so it was funny because it went on for hours, like a three hour long, very thorough report review. And at the end, like bio dad just stacks the papers was like, yep, this sounds just about right. This sounds like him. I'm like, I went all in depth like this. I'm thinking this is new news to both of them. And they kind of were like, just a sense of relief. So fast yeah. forward now, I still keep in touch with this mom. Um, um, unfortunately, my little baby doesn't remember me anymore. And that's fine. But mom yeah. does. And we keep in touch. And she lets me know of all his milestones. So fast forward through middle school of him being elected class president, <gasps> of him making friends, having genuine mm -hmm. friendships, being so successful, got accepted into this um, prestigious high school program. And he's been my biggest success story. I talk about him like every training that I do. <laughs> 
because oh. another thing with his was like oh we're trying to keep you safe and like that was a trigger for him just the word safe like what am yeah. I doing that's not safe like y'all safe. are making me unsafe but yes yeah. Yeah. um so that's been my favorite story I keep up with them and just so happy for both of them yeah and to oh, see I the love success. that. That's a sweet story, actually. Yeah. I really like that. That's yes. so kind. That and I love that. that you're like, yeah, you said that he looked at you like, what kind of peanut butter did you put on this sandwich? <laughs> it's the little things. I'm yes. telling you, like, autism is my bag now. I will say that. Um, yeah. And shout out to my intern supervisor, Dr. Becky Sikirsky. Definitely um, a guru in the area. She is great with differential diagnosis. Um, especially with autism and ADHD. So she definitely taught me a lot um, during my internship year to really help me hone in on those skills. And I always say yeah. the more experience you have working with children with autism, the better you get at picking up on some of those subtle things that a lot of yeah. people won't pick up on. And yeah. we mislabel or misdiagnose it because we miss it. The subtle things, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's actually something I've learned in grad school. Like I remember... Um, my professors would always show like videos and it was like, oh, can you like pick out, not pick out, but can you identify like some subtle autism characteristics? And I remember like there was this one grad um, SLP. She knew, I mean, she could spot autism like a mile away. She was just amazing. And she knew how to connect with them. I mean, she was incredible. Her name was Teresa. And we watched the video and like people in the room were like, oh, that kid doesn't have autism. And she was like, what's wrong with you people? Like, have you not seen this? Like she would be like, what? Like you didn't see that. Like, and so she was able to just pick the subtlest things. And then you come to find out and you're like, oh my gosh, like you wouldn't have point, you wouldn't have figured that out. So kudos to you. That's awesome. I will say though, I also think it's really good that like, cause clearly mom was already so stressed about the idea of like an ED label and this kind of aggression. And so being able to say, Hey, no, it's not, it, it's, it's not that it's, you know, that's yeah. nice. That probably helped a lot for her. Yeah. Well, and then also just like good, like good for you for like seeing that the mom needed something else, right? Like a conversation, an honest conversation with somebody and then being able to like talk, essentially discuss with her, like how this would help her child and then doing that. Like I, like we, we talked to somebody last week and she, she's the, she's the mom of a child who has learning differences and said the same thing. Like her biggest wish was like just making sure people would connect with families because they do know their child best. And when you build that like relationship and that level of trust, it makes it so much easier to navigate special education. And it's hard. Like I remember one time I like went to an ARD where it was like, I mean, the parents were very involved and I think the mom her like, I think the mom herself also had some sensory things going on. And I remember like right after the ARD meeting, it, it went really well. And afterwards, like, you know how you have to get signatures and stuff. People would like, somebody just like went over and was like, oh, I need you to sign this. Oh, I need you to sign this. Not explaining to her what it was that she was signing. And I, you could like, I was over there and I was like doing something and I look up and you could see her like shaking. Like, what are you asking me to sign? Like, stop. And I just was like, I remember just being like, Hey, you guys like stop, like everybody leave the room and I'll explain everything to her. Like I'll sit down with her and review what we're asking her to sign yes. on this documentation. And I, I mean, she was like really appreciated after like, thank you for taking the time to do that because you could tell she was visibly getting overwhelmed yes. because it is a lot. Like uh, that documentation alone is a lot. The meeting <laughs> itself, like, yeah. I think it's hard to, and I always, not so much now because I'm a little bit further removed, but 
when I was more involved at a campus level, being able to explain the whole process. And even like after I would finish the evaluation, I would be like, okay, next is the ARD meeting. There's gonna be like seven people here. We are gonna be talking about the strengths and weaknesses. So you're gonna hear like not so great things, like all this stuff your child can't do. And then all the stuff we want them to be able to do. And in Mm -hmm. your head, like what? How are they gonna get to that? Um, And it's overwhelming. And then, like you said, we're throwing out acronyms and we're like, sign this, sign that to really take the time. And I know we don't have that much time in our roles, but we do need to get back to that so that we can have stronger connections with the families. I think that's where people get upset and they have advocates because Mm -hmm. we're not taking the time to really explain what's going on. What does it mean to be in a self-contained setting? What does special ed mean? Like, stop saying, Oh, sign this so your child can get help. Oh, let us test them so they can get help. No, we're about to give your child a special ed label. Or they're not in SPED, they just have speech. Yes, ma'am, that falls under the SPED umbrella. Don't even get me started. It's a special education disability condition. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just very sad to see. And we talked about this in other episodes, just how um, it's a lot. It's so much for parents and there's really not any education for parents on the process, what this looks like, what you should be asking for, what your rights are, what your child's rights are. Like, yeah. we don't really go into that. And I don't think it's that anyone's like intentionally hiding this information from families. No. I just don't think that it's like forefront of mind for a lot of districts. And so mm-hmm. then, yeah, you get into these situations, like you were saying, where parents feel like they weren't informed or their child wasn't taken care of. And then they do get advocates. And then it becomes like, confrontational and sometimes Mm -hmm. like adversarial and it just I don't know it really impacts your ability to build a positive relationship with families it does yeah it really does okay so this randomly I have two more questions well actually just one more but this randomly came up to mind is what is like one myth that you always hear Ross about special ed and that you would like to debunk to our listeners right Mm -hmm. Myth busters. Yes, myth buster it out, Roz. That if you're in SPED, you don't graduate. Like, yes, you do. (laughs) Like, most of the children in SPED are following along with whatever the regular requirements are. Any child that doesn't have a disability condition, unless they are, like, super severe on an alternate curriculum, which is the least amount of our children in SPED. Like most of them are on a modified curriculum. They're still having access to the general Uh education curriculum. So they're still going to graduate with everyone else and they're gonna get a high school diploma for the most part. Some do get the certificate of completion, but that's our like low incidence pop. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've never heard that one. Wow. Have you, Bailey? No, that's the first time I've heard it. I've heard people talk about like, the plants right because you have like your foundational you have your you know um like there's the different credit hours i guess for you know but i've never heard yeah i've never heard people say like okay they're not going to graduate wow oh i know the other way you know what i will say ross does work with like your focus right now is a lot of early childhood 
And so yeah. I'm wondering if it's this thought for families or even like peers where they're like, oh my gosh, get them help now, or they're not going to graduate or they're not going to graduate. That's yeah, probably yeah. true. Yeah. Cause okay. I am working more with the younger population. So it's all new. That's true. I get, yeah. I have gotten that question more in that age group. Yeah. Cause okay. once you're in school, you kind of like, okay. Well, I mean, and then yeah, the yeah. other myth, oh, they're in sped. They can't fail. They absolutely can. Do not even get me started on that because, oh my goodness, yes, everyone's like, you cannot fail a special ed student. And I'm like, let's back up. Let's, let's hold on. It's wild. Gonna, that yeah. was very, very common in our previous school district. Yes. I don't know that I see it as much in the current district that I'm in, but I remember, I, I even remember as a teacher being told like, you can't, you can't fail. fail and I'm like, yeah. well, he literally turned in nothing. Like, like I'm not he's making progress on great. his IEP goals and good for him, but yeah. he didn't turn in a dang single thing to me. I have no data to support this grade. Yeah. Stop, please. Oh so, my gosh. So hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then we can't write them up because they're sped. Yes, you can. Oh I, I've had that conversation so many times the last year, like so and so did whatever, exposed themselves. What did you do? Oh, I wrote it in their behavior log. That is a disciplinary infraction. Yeah. What would you do if it was another child? You would write them up. Now, their consequence may be different based yeah. on whatever has been determined in their IEP, mm -hmm. but it still needs to be documented. Yes. Because you don't want them going around doing that in public because guess what? In public, they don't have those rules. Right. Yep. You go to jail for things like that. Public indecency. Correct. That's right. That's what my favorite principal I worked with. She actually, that was part of her blurb. So I was the, your, your child's advocate. So the day one of y'all leaves this earth, she was, hey, outside of this school, no one knows your child is fed for the most part, unless they like have a physical disability that yeah. you can look at them and tell. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, she's like, when you go shopping at Walmart, there's no special ed aisle. There's no special ed bathroom. Like we want to make sure your child is functioning. So you can go these places. So if they do wander off from you, they they can recognize, oh, the person with the blue vest on, that's a trusted, who I'm supposed to, trusted yeah. adult. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I can go tell them like, my name is Rosalind. I lost my mom. I'm 10. Yeah. yeah. So she yeah. talked a lot about that. Yeah. That's, wild. that's funny that you said that because I remember my dental hygienist loved her. She had a son on the spectrum and we were taught, she had asked what I did and we went down a rabbit hole of things. And she, she showed me a picture. I was like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And she's like, you know, every time I showed this picture to other people and say he, have, he has autism, they say, well, he doesn't look like it. And I was like, yeah. what the heck is it supposed autism. to look like? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but it goes back to your comment, right? Where you can't, you really can't. Like when you're in public, unless they're having a tantrum or they're, right or something's going on, you're not going to yeah. be like, your first thought is like, oh, wow, he's on the autism side. Like, you're not going to know that. Right. I mean, even when they're having a tantrum, y'all. My niece is a negative. Exactly. That's I'm a like, common behavior. Don't give them a lollipop. They're right? freaking out. Like, so losing it. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, it's just, it is. It's so true. Yeah. I love okay, Bailey, ask her the last question. Okay. Our final question of the night. Um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to an educator, administrators, or a future school psych? I want to give advice to a future school psych. It. it is important for you to step outside of your role as a school psychologist and go into the classrooms of the students that you will be working with, yes. you will be testing, you will be making eligibility determinations. 
you also need to go in the classroom and see the day in the life of a teacher. And we have learned excellent skills in school that we can write beautiful behavior intervention plans that are absolutely unrealistic to be implemented in a classroom by one teacher with 30 children and seven of them are identified as SPED students and eight of them are identified as 504 students and four of them need to be identified as something <laughs> that we need to really do that. So when I was um, a practicum or intern supervisor throughout the years, I always would encourage like if my student had downtime, I would be like, hey, what are you doing? I need you to go down to the self-contained classroom, go hang out for a little, get to know the kids. And that's something too with a, in this field coming straight through, um, not having really much experience in it until the end of your career or your educational career. Um, a lot of school sites I've worked with have said they were scared of the kids. Like it, it was scary to be with a child with CP or scary to be with a child that has extreme emotional dysregulation and they're aggressive and they're physical. Um, so that would be my biggest piece of advice to future school sites to really step into, step outside of our role as an evaluator um, and service provider and really get in the classrooms and see what the kids are like outside of those settings and what it's like to be in those classrooms. I love that you said that because I think it's like we talked about how important it is to have relationships with parents, but even like staff, like they're key mm -hmm. staff. So if you're not on good page, like on the same page with them, and granted, like I'm not saying every teacher is like this. There are some teachers that can be quote unquote difficult to work with from what other, you know, people say and whatnot because they're overworked. Yes. Stressed out, all paid. of that. So like, I love that you said that because not only does it give them the insight on what it is like to be a teacher and like the being realistic in the sense of behavior plans and all of that stuff, but it also allows them to see like form a really good bond with teachers. Yes. Um, and that's really what's important as well as the collaboration. And I'll say, since you said that, like um, the current, the most recent district I've worked in, apparently the school sites have been held to like this extremely high regard, which yes, that's great, but they seem very far removed from the campuses. So mm -hmm. I can say like this year at the campuses I've worked in this past school year, um, when I go to the teacher and like, so what do you think? And they're like, what? You like they don't even know what to say. And they're like, yeah. oh, well, we typically can't. I'm like, I'm not asking you to tell me, like, I'm not going to just put it down because you said so, but you've worked with lots of children. Does this child remind you of another child that has ADHD or yeah. another child you worked with that had autism? What interventions did you use with them? Have you tried yeah. those with this child? Mm -hmm. Are they working? So I do think that's very important. And then like for us, the amount of rating scales that we need them to complete, like sometimes it may be two or three rating scales. There's 200 questions on one, 180 on yeah. the other. You're probably not going to get them back if you do not have a positive relationship with the teacher because they're doing that outside of work hours. Like yeah. when during the day do they have time to sit down and answer 400 questions about one mm -hmm. child? And that's Absolutely. just for the school site. Speech mm -hmm. needs questionnaires filled out. The diag needs questionnaires filled out. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. That's a good point to make, actually. I didn't think about that, too. But no, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, I loved having you on, Roz. I feel like we went, fun. like, we talked about so many different things. I feel like this is where we always do. We just kind of, like, 
place. But it's good stuff. And I think it's important stuff. And I love having our school psychs on. You guys are the best. I am too. I am it was, so happy always- for y'all. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and being part of it. And we'll probably have to have you on again. Yes. And it's funny because after we always end it, like everybody's like, I need to start remembering to write like my stories down because yes. they want to remember. There's just so many good ones. Yeah. There are. So please remember some good ones and then we'll have oh, you back on. I should have told y'all the, a funny one. Tell us. We, we have, have time. time. Okay. So since you have time, a funny sped story. I think this was year one. Um, I thought I could dress cute. So all the fashion, the fashion y'all saw me wearing, that's because I wasn't working directly with students as much oh, yeah. um, when we worked together. That's so right. you were a lead. Yes. That's yes, true. I was a lead. Yeah. So I got to dress real nice and professional. But I started off thinking I could do that, except I'm very hands-on. And not every school yeah. psych is, and that's fine. But I am very hands-on. So I remember um, year one, pre-K student. And they give the SOS call to the front office. And I just happened to be up there, of course. And I was like, oh, I'll go down to the classroom with my heels on and my dress. And I had some long hair in at the time. (laughs) So (laughs) I go down there and he's running everywhere. And I asked the teacher, like, what does he need to be doing? And she's like, well, he needs to be on the carpet with everyone else. And I said, that's where he's about to go then. And she looked at me. And so I get him and bring him over. And he did come with me. He complied. We get to the carpet. And then I get down there with him on the carpet um, <laughs> on my knees. I also have heels on and a dress, remember? Um, Roz. Yeah. And I will say, Roz has some really cute heels, but they are not like small. They're like yeah. inch stilettos. Yes. yes. She rocks the heels, y'all. So I'm like, how that first off, how'd you get down a dress? Second, in stilettos. Right. In an element, in an EC, in a pre-K classroom. What was I thinking? On a carpet. (laughs) Yes. And I get down there and what does he do? Gets my hair, twists his hand in it. So yeah, the CPI strategies of getting someone's hand, a four-year-old's hand out of your hair. Yeah, didn't work. So now (laughs) I'm like, my head's going down to the ground. The teacher's like, oh my God how can I help you? I was like, it's okay. Just keep teaching. He's going to sit here. We are going to get compliance. And we did. But yeah, it was a mess. The kids were looking like, are you okay? He's pulling (laughs) us up. Oh my God. Look at you. You did not back down though, Rod. You did not back down. I love that so much. That's hilarious. Well, I'm glad we ended on that note too. Because that is quite funny. Hey, at least it wasn't a wig and it came off. You know, and I worse. will say this. Ross, did that happen? You better never show your face again in my classroom. <laughs> Correct. And I will say this. That teacher probably had so much respect for you after that. Just being like, she got on the floor in her dress and stilettos and let him pull her hair so that right. he could sit through this. Like, she was probably like, that is my girl. I'm. Yes. She is my LSSB uh, school psych. Sorry. Forever. Yes. Oh, the two of her children too so yes mm-hmm. we had a great relationship after that you're you're right I, love that. <laughs> I think I, I want her that. over then <laughs> that's how Absolutely. you do it like in yeah. the trenches and then they're just like oh my I remember the same with me like we talked I guess it was a few episodes ago about just like when people would come into my classroom and just be in the trenches with me I'm like I have so much respect for you as, yeah. an, as an educator as a related service provider as an evaluator as whatever yeah. like thank you um so yeah I could see that. Yeah. Cause it's like the comment you said, Roz, where people are, are afraid to be in a classroom 
or around kids with special needs, like that two and two for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, well, thank you so much. We adore Thanks you. For you me. So excited. Yes. Thanks for answering all the questions that we had and we will bring you back. Thank you so much, Roz, for being on our podcast today. It was so good to hear your like feel good stories about special education, get to know you a little bit more and finally see you. We live in the same city and we don't see each other. So it was so good to have you on and we cannot wait to have other guests and future podcasts um, for you guys to listen to. I love it. And of course, as always, if you would like to send in a question or a chat or your own funny story for us to share on Spidori's, if you'd even like to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to email us at spidoris at gmail.com. It's S-P-E-D-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. Or you can also access us on TikTok and Instagram at Spidori's. Um, and you can send us any kind of direct message or chat that you'd like. And then, of course, please always like and subscribe. You can subscribe anywhere that you access your podcasts. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Bye.